we say good morning to Dr. Bernice Shafarik from Shafarik Dental on Route 66 East in Columbia. And this month, she will be discussing oral care products, how to be a savvy shopper. Well, Bernice, good morning. This is a topic we haven't brought up before. Where'd this idea come from? Good morning, Wayne. It actually came from you. Well, that's right. I forgot about that. You did. You sent me an email suggesting that we might talk about this topic. So. Yeah, there was a news release that came out that just talked about what kind of dental care products you should and maybe should not buy over the counter at drugstores, <laughs> supermarkets, things like that. And we said, well, who better to get deep into that than Dr. Bernice Shafarik? So want to launch it from there and tell us where we're going today? Sure. So um, I believe that in the present climate, we sometimes have some mistrust in people that I think can really help us make good decisions. So, for example, when I see a patient in my office, I get to see and diagnose what kind of problems they have. And then it's easier for me to make um, some valid recommendations for what might help them with the problem that they see. What sometimes happens is People say, well, you know, my sister-in-law said it would be a really good idea for me to use this, so I've been using this. Now, there's two concerns there. One is safety. Is it a safe product for you to use given your situation? And is it effective? Because I think most of us want to be savvy shoppers, and you don't want to just throw away your money. But people have that tendency, and I actually spent the weekend with my best friend, my college roommate from um, Maine, and she is a retired physician, and she was telling me that she, of course, would often get someone, she worked um, in the latter part of her career as a hospitalist in the emergency room, so she'd get someone coming in, you know, and they'd have had a heart attack or whatever they had, and she would make her recommendations. So one of her recommendations might be, you should stop smoking, you should be drinking less, and inevitably, there would be one person who would say to her, well, you know, my uh, grandmother lived until she was 98, and she smoked and drank. And so her reply to that, she had a quote that she would say to these people. And the quote was, the race doesn't always go to the swift and the brave, but it is a better bet. So my comparison here is, I mean, if you're looking at a horse race and you see a horse that has been documented to be more powerful and have stronger muscles and a better diet, and then you have one where there's no data, nobody has told you anything about this horse, that other horse might win, but you might be better off going with the one that is a more proven bet. And in my world, the proven bets are in two categories. One is... FDA approved, and one is the American Dental Association's seal of approval. And those are processes whereby a lot of things are studied in a much larger group instead of just your next-door neighbor's opinion. And I believe that that is a better way to make those determinations. And in preparation for this show, I decided to listen to a webinar on how the FDA makes its decisions about dental products. And there's basically two categories. There's drugs, and a drug is anything that could change 
something in your body. It could metabolize, it could change something. Or there are cosmetic products that may not have, you know, like foodstuffs and things like that. But the way that the FDA came into being, and it was actually, I think, 1937 or around there, it was Franklin Roosevelt who actually signed it into law. And what happened is, before that, there was no regulation. And there was a a sulfalinamide was the name of the product. And it was recommended to physicians to treat kids with high fevers. Well, what people didn't realize was the preservative was ethylene glycol that they put in there to make it last longer. So there were kids dying of the medication, basically. And there was one mother who was so distraught that she wrote a letter to the president and said, we need something to change this. And that's how the Food and Drug Administration was formed. It was formed to help protect people from a manufacturer putting something into a product that is not safe. So, Bernice, how do you cut through the clutter of marketing and know which is right and which is maybe not so much? Well, the ideal place to start is with your dental visit. So sometimes people will come in, probably the uh, the complaint I hear most often is, I don't like the color of my teeth. So when you come in for your dental appointment, we can take a closer look at that. So one of the very important things that can happen at your dental appointment is you can tell me what you have already tried and what doesn't seem to work because a lot of times people have tried things. You know, the marketing um, is wonderful on a lot of these products so that people are convinced that, oh, if I just use this, everything will be great. Sometimes people have particular teeth that are darker than other teeth. Sometimes that means that there's an infection within the tooth that needs to be healed before you do anything. And what makes me nervous about that is if you're using a product that may penetrate into that area, like if you have cavities or if you have an infection, then that's not a good thing. I mean, these products for whitening are can be both safe and effective, and I'll repeat this again, there is an ADA seal of approval that you will see on a lot of dental products. And I have, I have a lot of trust in that because not only does that seal confirm that it's a safe product, but it also confirms that it actually does what it says it's going to do. Now, if you have a product that doesn't have that seal, that doesn't mean that it's not safe and effective. It just means they haven't gone through the process. And it is a process, and there is, um, you know, some time involved and expense of having to make sure you have the appropriate studies done. So, but if you do have a product that has the ADA seal of approval, that does mean something. So it may be that you have an infection. It may be that some of your teeth are not lined up right, and maybe your solution could be to have Invisalign, and then some teeth wouldn't be in the shadow. Your solution may be you haven't had a cleaning in two or three years, and you're a smoker, and having the hygienist clean that stain off your teeth may give you the result you want. So in my world, I do always think it's important 
to diagnose what your issue is before you go ahead and, and try to treat it on your own. I certainly get the idea that the ADA seal of approval when you're buying anything to do with oral care or dental products is a big deal. Are there other people that you can trust recommendations of that we should know about? Well, the the FDA is someone that I trust, and the CDC is a body that I trust. And I have heard lately out in social circumstances that people say, well, I don't trust them anymore. You know, my response to that is, again, you know, my friend's quote, the race doesn't always go to the swift and the brave, but it's a better bet. So these are associations that have a lot of brain power behind them. And if you're a public health scientist, I think that accountability to your fellow scientists is an important thing. You know, nobody wants to get that reputation that you're not doing well-founded research. Somebody who just puts a podcast up or puts something out there on the Internet doesn't have that same credibility for me because they don't have to be as accountable to anyone. You know, they can't, if you're saying that, you know, I work for the CDC and our recommendation is, that's very different from, you know, I did a YouTube and this is what I think that you should do. And not only do I think that that can be a dangerous way to go, but it's also not customized at all. So, for example, some people will say, well, uh, we'll get to natural products, which is another area that is kind of hard to understand because people will decide certain things aren't natural. So, again, my um, physician friend was telling me, because we were talking about the show and what I wanted to talk about, and natural versus unnatural, and I pointed out fluoride is naturally in the water in the Southwest. So when people say it's unnatural, then that's not necessarily true. There are also a lot of things in nature that are not healthy. So again, she was talking about a patient she had who a woman in her early 60s whose mother and two sisters had died in their late 50s of heart disease. And when my friend made her recommendations, and one of them was some medications, the woman said, well, I don't think that's natural. And my friend said, well, what's natural for you is to die in your early 60s because that's the nature of the genetic pool that you have been dealt. What we're actually trying to do here is to fight nature and give you a better chance of living longer. So in my world, I have people who are prone to cavities or are prone to gum disease. So for them, it probably would be natural for them to lose all their teeth. Well, a lot of people don't want to do that, so we kind of have to fight nature. So if you are using a mouthwash, let's say, that you think is really helping your gum infection, and you come in for your dental visit, and you share with us, because that's really important that people tell us what they're using and how they're using these things. And your gums are bleeding, your mouth is very dry, everything's irritated. Then we might say, let's not use that mouthwash for a while 
and let's do the recommendations that we're giving you and see how that goes. There might be some people who think they can solve their dental problems by OTC products and not going into the dental office. What do you say to them? What's the value of the dental appointment? So um, our code of ethics says do no harm so that we want to give you recommendations that will be safe for you but also effective for you. And there are some people doing things out there that are potentially harmful. So one of the natural products that's out there is if you mix charcoal and table salt and brush with that, it will make your teeth whiter. One, I don't think it does. (laughs) Two, it's so abrasive that you're actually wearing away the enamel. And the enamel is the whitest part of your teeth. It's the outside hard covering that's only minerals. If you wear that away, the inner layer that's yellower, the dentin, can show through. So that you're not only not really achieving your effect, but you're actually causing harm because you're making your teeth more susceptible to decay. And share some of the current use of over-the-counter products. What are some of the things that people do use from over-the-counter selections? So there are um, mouthwashes and gums that have xylitol, for example, in them. And they can use the claim, the gums with the xylitol, that they contribute to preventing decay because the xylitol is a sugar is not as acid-producing, and it doesn't cause the same problems as regular sugar does. There are mouthwashes that have fluoride in them that can be helpful to prevent decay. Now, if you happen to be a 30-year-old who never had decay, never had a filling, and you have a reasonable diet, you're not using anything that could create more of a decay atmosphere, then you're basically wasting your money on a product like that. So that was that's the kind of thing where it's just so important to bring your, your products in. Another area is um, mouth guards where, you know, that can be effective, and if you're wearing an over-the-counter one, especially for sports, you know, that can be fine, but a lot of times it's hard for people to actually shape them so they'll stay in your mouth. So if you're using it at night to prevent grinding, there's a couple of issues with that. One is, for a lot of people, it's hard for them to custom fit it, and it's a soft enough material that sometimes people chew on it more. That being said, I will sometimes tell somebody to use a mouth guard like that, and we'll show them how to cut it back and make it fit a little bit better, just as kind of a test to see if a mouth guard will help them. The other part of that problem is if you're in that do-it-yourself mode and you're fixing your own clenching and grinding, you might be missing a medical problem like sleep apnea or sometimes some of the medications that people take for certain um, conditions like depression and anxiety can actually increase the amount of clenching and grinding. 
that you do. So my recommendation is always to go hand-in-hand with your dentist to try to figure out what's appropriate for you and what is just really a waste of your time and money. And I would say that there are a fair amount of people who probably do use over-the-counter dental products to enhance their oral health and the like, but what's the message you would have if they were your patient? If they do that, and I'm sure in many cases you're okay with that, but shouldn't they communicate that with you so you know what they are doing and it's not a mystery to you, they're a healthcare professional? Right. And so sometimes I do want, that is so important to communicate it either to me or to my hygienist, because sometimes, you know, we'll have been seeing people for a while and they seem to struggle with plaque control. And so we'll show them all the mechanical means. And it seems like they're doing a pretty good job, yet they still have areas that are swollen or they have bleeding. And, you know, they'll come in and say, you know, I found this great mouthwash and it seems to really help. Well, there are times with either a mouthwash or a specific toothpaste where we actually do see an improvement. So for that person, it feels like, okay, that was a good plan for you to use. You know, especially with toothpaste because there's just so many different ones. And part of that is if you choose something that's pleasant for you to use or that you like, you may use that more, and then that makes it more effective in your particular situation. So, I mean, it may sound like I'm saying two different things, but just share what you're using, as you said, Wayne, so that we can see whether in your particular case it's making a difference and if it's effective. I would assume that for most people, the most commonly purchased over-the-counter dental care product would be toothpaste. You don't have to give individual brand recommendations here, but instead of just seeing something on the shelf and picking it up and paying for it and taking it home and using it, are there particular words aside from the aforementioned ADA seal of approval, but some key things people should look for when they buy things like toothpaste? So if it has the ADA seal of approval, it will have fluoride in it because we think it's important to have fluoride in the toothpaste. So if you're using something that doesn't have the approval, that's something to look for. That being said, there are um, a lot of toothpaste that have a substance called sodium lauryl sulfate in them. And there clearly is an association with um, canker source when there's that product within the toothpaste. So if you either self-identify it or you come into us and say, you know, I keep getting these canker sores, then we'll look at the toothpaste to see if maybe for you that's not a good idea. Um, Another thing is, you know, if you're using something unusual and there's a, um, a color dye in there, that's an important thing to look for. Another thing to look for, and this is sometimes more in a prescription product, we use a product called MI Paste to help people with um, preventing decay, and it actually has dairy products in it. So knowing yourself, if you have that sensitivity or intolerance of dairy products, that's an important thing for us to know. Now, with over-the-counter products like um, electric toothbrushes, and some of the whitening products, we do have a relationship with the manufacturers where 
we can actually provide some of those products within our office. And the thing that's important about that is if you buy a product from us, the company over the following 60 days, if you don't like that product for whatever reason, they will totally reimburse you that money, which is something that won't ever happen you know, in the drugstore. You can't really buy whitening strips and then come back in and say, I don't think these work, can you give me my, my money back? So let's break it down, Bernice, about these categories of over-the-counter products that people can buy to enhance and perhaps in many cases improve their oral health. So what I'll just throw out there, too, is if anybody really does have a deeper interest, you can go on to the American Dental Association website, and you can actually access the product category list and what products are actually approved if you have a desire to do that. Um, So I'm going to just maybe a couple of them we'll, we'll discuss here. One is denture adhesives. So people who wear dentures, What we have discovered is that um, some of them do have zinc in them, like a a large enough quantity of zinc that if you're using it every day and that's getting absorbed by your body, it can interfere, interfere with copper absorption, which helps you take up certain nutrients. So you might have a health side effect due to the fact that you're using the adhesive. Now, this has been known in our dental community for a while, so if you're going to buy a denture adhesive, look at the list of ingredients, and the list of ingredients has to be listed by, you know, what... So if zinc, there's more zinc than anything else in there, it'll be the first product that will... I mean, the first uh, element that will be listed. So you want to take a look at that because that could could cause some harm. It's funny because I, I must have missed this day in medical school, but I got the impression zinc is a good thing. And you're saying in some cases it's not a good thing? Yeah. So, you know, in, in the world of health, balance is so important. You know, a glass of wine or two with dinner once or twice a week is very different from two bottles of wine at a time. So what can be good in one category is not necessarily good if it's taken out of balance. So going back to that same discussion about natural, there are a whole lot, I mean, poison ivy is natural. It grows, but you don't want to go roll around in poison ivy because there'll be a very bad side effect. So you also, for example, um, if you have some balsamic vinegar with your salad, that's okay. But if you're swishing with vinegar every day, you are going to destroy the enamel on your teeth. So it's always so that's the problem that people sometimes have with marketing or things you kind of absorb without even realizing it from social media. So somebody will say, Oh, it's a good idea to take potassium well, you need to really check in with your physician because maybe it's a good idea for you to take a potassium supplement in the amount that's listed on the bottle, but not an excess. But you also should check with your physician because 
you know, if you have some organ dysfunction, that might not be a good idea for you. So it's, you know, we like to kind of jump on the bandwagon. You know, another one is turmeric. You know, that's a new one. Well, turmeric as a spice in your food is a good idea. But if you decide to brush with turmeric because you read on the Internet that will make your teeth whiter, that's not as good an idea. So I think a while back we actually had a show on it's not just what you eat, it's how you eat it also. So, for example, again, uh, citrus fruit is very good for people who, you know, were out at sea as sailors, the limeys that, you know, called the English uh, naval officers because they had to have some citrus fruit to keep themselves healthy. So they didn't get scurvy. Right, so they didn't get scurvy. But if you are cutting up a lemon every day and sucking on that lemon, then you're going to destroy your teeth. And every organ in our body has requirements. So in general, balance is always a good idea. And, for example, my personal physician um, treats me and my husband, and my husband has more of a desire, you know, he'll want to use these supplements. And part of it was he grew up in Poland. There's a lot of uh, uh, homeopathic remedies and teas that have come down over generations and generations. So our physician doesn't mind him taking supplements. She just asks him to bring the supplement into her so she can take a look at how it's been tested. Because, again, the first thing we want to do is make sure you're not causing yourself harm by using a product inappropriately for your particular health situation. And the second thing we want to do is the savvy shopper part. Are you just throwing your money away? You know, I have people who will come in and say they use mouthwash twice a day, and some of the mouthwashes, I mean, it's just like toothpaste. When you use toothpaste, it's foamy. It makes it feel like everything's clean. But we'll see patients who say they're brushing three times a day, and I'm sure they are, yet they'll have plaque on their teeth. So our suggestion will be use a toothbrush that you just wet with water and brush with that first, and people will inevitably remove more plaque because they'll feel like, oh, things don't really feel that clean, so they'll brush a little bit more. And then you can go ahead and use the toothpaste because it has the fluoride in it. But if you use the toothpaste first, it's so foamy that it makes everything feel like it's perfectly clean, and you may not do the task the way you really should be doing it. And Bernice, how long should we brush for? <laughs> so, um, you know, t- we have a two-minute, two-minute rule, but at least 20 seconds. You know, let's link it to, and I know you're going to go to the happy birthday song. Well, I just, this is why I asked, and I know the answer to the question, but I think this is, you just talked about brushing your teeth. This is the time to bring this up. And you know what? Not only do I know the answer, but when I brush my teeth, I do exactly what you are about to say. So that if you sing happy birthday twice, that that's a good amount of time to brush your teeth. Now, when we came out with hand washing, the same thing was said to, to sing happy birthday twice. And I had told my husband that. And I would hear him in the morning in the bathroom saying happy birthday to his toothbrush and then happy birthday <laughs> to his sponge. And he went through the entire, 
you know, bathroom cabinet of things. But it was a good way to remind, and, and that is very true about hand-washing, too. And I hope people are taking that to heart because washing your hands for 20 seconds can create a barrier to collecting germs that will last you for a few hours. So it's it's a very wise thing to do. All right, well, let me take the time out here to brush my teeth. do that twice and the teeth are all clean now moving on from that topic what about mouthwash what is the value of mouthwash do you recommend people use mouthwash and as i saw somebody make a reader comment they said you don't need mouthwash just gargle with warm water that you add salt does that do the same thing as what the -the over-the-counter mouthwash products do that's sort of a difficult question to answer because gargling with salt water can reduce the amount of bacteria and organisms in your mouth. There are mouthwashes that also do that. A lot of times, if you're just brushing effectively and flossing, that's enough. So there are a lot of people who don't have to be using a mouthwash. So we do have some uh, medicated mouthwashes that are prescription and those will actually are proven to reduce bleeding of your gums. And so there's definitely value to that. And again, I think if you gargle with salt water even like five or six times a day, you're not going to do any harm. It's just, do you really need to be doing that? And again, when someone comes in to us, let's say as a new patient, and they tell us their oral hygiene routine, and they look fantastic, it's hard for me to say to them, do something different, because whatever they're doing is helping. So why are you using the mouthwash also? So for some people, if you're using the mouthwash because you believe that you won't have to floss if you use mouthwash, that's usually not a great way to go, because it really doesn't effectively get in between your teeth despite what they claim. It also doesn't get below your gum tissue the way that your toothbrush would or other oral hygiene aids. So- you, you touched on teeth whitening products earlier this morning, but let's get a little deeper into that and the value, if there is any, of, quote, natural tooth whitening. What does that mean? So, you know, there are people who are using some products, like one thing that people are doing is um, oil pulling. So they'll basically be swishing and pulling the oil in between their teeth, and people believe that it will whiten or create a healthier environment for them. So there is no statistically significant evidence that it helps at all, yet there have been some well-documented, well-studied instances of side effects like upset stomach and diarrhea. So 
again, it all depends on why your teeth look discolored to you. So if your teeth look discolored because you're a smoker or you were a smoker and you quit and you haven't had a cleaning since then, you know, that's a good place to start. Then I have some patients whose teeth look discolored because, you know, and maybe some do and some don't, because they have crowns that were done when they were much younger, when their teeth were lighter, and the crowns remained light, but the adjacent teeth are darker. So an over-the-counter product might help in that instance, but we need to evaluate it. The other thing that can happen when you're in the dental office is we'll look at if you have fillings in your front teeth, they're not necessarily going to whiten the way your natural teeth are. So you may end up with the result that your natural teeth look whiter and then you have these brown spots where your fillings didn't lighten. So before you embark upon that, if you come in and we take a look, we can give you that option. They can be replaced as lighter fillings, but you kind of need to know that before you decide to do this intensive whitening with Crest Strips two weeks before your wedding and then find out that, uh uh-oh, I better schedule to have my fillings replaced, but I'm getting married tomorrow. So those are things that we can help people with. What about do-it-yourself dental treatments? I was not aware those exist, but I guess the question is, what are they and do they work? Well, in general, there's the person who says, I don't need to go into the dentist because I floss and brush. So that can be a dangerous way to go. Some of the things I've come across over the years are pretty hard to believe, but they're true. I had a patient years ago who felt like his front teeth were too rough, so he took his Dremel drill and put a bit on the end of it and smoothed his front teeth. So what he did is he removed a lot of the enamel, so then they started disappearing. Now, that's kind of an extreme case, but another thing that's out there now is what I would call almost DIY are the orthodontic uh, solutions where you don't actually go to the orthodontist, that you just buy this set of aligners and you take your impression yourself. I have seen people have poor results from that. And it's not as expensive as going to a specialist who understands this part of the body and knows how to predictably straighten your teeth without harming them. It's also not without a cost. I mean, most of them, it can be 1000 2000 and that's kind of a lot of money to give out when you don't, you're not under really the close guidance of a specialist who can change things if something doesn't seem to be going in the right direction and diagnose whether or not it's the appropriate treatment for you. Let's take a trip to the Seroptimus Club of Willimantic and their Take a Stand Against Violence Against Women program. What is that and how does it work? So we have been doing that for quite some time, and it will be up on our Facebook. So this program is an initiative where we ask people 
to commit to being against violence against women. And the way that you do that is you can make a donation and you can do it anonymously or put your name on it. And then the Chronicle for years has given us the ability to publish the names of these people. So part of it is an awareness issue. Part of it is a fundraiser. And the funds are separated between seroptimist programs that help women and the domestic violence shelters and the uh, rape prevention, crisis and prevention task force. So those um, organizations are given money by us to help prevent these issues. And one of the programs that the seroptimists support is um, a grant program it's a Live Your Dream grant, and we give it to any woman who is in a profession where they need to have a certification or a license. So it can be hairdressing school, where you went through hairdressing school, but now you have to take the exam and get a license and a credential, and that might be insurmountable for some people. So we've given grants up to $500 for that. It can be daycare providers who have a licensing way of moving up in their profession. It can be a dental assistant who wants to do their sterilization credential. And all of these tests have a cost attached to them. And we also usually give a $50 gift card because for gas because you have to go drive somewhere and take that. And we do have funds available, and it's not utilized as much as we would like. So if you're out there and you work with a program like that, Make your students aware that we do have funds available to help them. Very important programs to the Serotimus Club of Willimantic and very important information about how to become a savvy shopper, particularly with over-the-counter dental products. Our program furnished by Shafarik Dental on Route 66 East in Columbia. Bernice, thanks for joining me this morning. Thank you, Wayne.